Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everyone, welcome back to Beers as we kick off the afternoon as usual with the call live here at our Barangaroo studios. 10 stocks picked by you, I put them to 10 uh, to 2 experts and we do it all in an hour. And uh, today joining us, Mark Mullen from Team Invest and Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. How are you guys? Excellent, well? excellent. Good, good to see you back. Just started, good to be back. Started the reporting season at the moment, just a little trickle yeah. uh, coming through. Um, and let's get straight into it because our uh, uh, the first five stocks that we're going to have a look at in this half hour, Regal Partners, City Sheik, Minres, Corporate Travel and Inghams. But stock of the day, as I said, these updates coming through, starting to. Um, JB Hi-Fi, a Mark Morland favourite, has mm. been for a while since the call has been going. Um, wow. What a what an update! It's seeing growth across the board in its unaudited full year results, managing to grow its sales over seven and a half percent to just under uh, five hundred and forty-five million dollars. Company chalk out the result um, uh, to a, putting it up to a strong multi-channel strategy in the second half as COVID re- restrictions ease. Shares popping into the green this morning. Um, what do we think, Mark Morland? Um, everyone's saying, oh, recession coming. Consumers going into into the bunker. They spent all their money previously. Uh, there's not going to be a carryover. That's right. That's and inflation. 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 Yeah. All the doom and gloomers. Yeah. And then this comes out. Well, I think it's a very, very good sign for the quality retailers. Yeah, so uh, the sector. Yes, not, so the, not all there. retailers, because <clears throat> there's there's good there's really good operators and the rest. Right. JB Hi-Fi is has consistently been a first class operator. You know, yep. the, the, one of the lowest cost per sale me- measures in the world. Yep. You know, it's a brilliant company. Uh, Accent Group and Nick Scarley, and there's a few others that we have in that same group. Yeah. So it's a very good sign. I thought it was particularly good considering the the massive lift they had on earnings through COVID. Yeah. Now we know why, because everyone was yes. at home and they were fitting out their family offices and so on. But to get sales growth now after that, after having such a big run up, yeah. I would have thought that the sales would have actually gone down. Uh, not on. Well, I that's guess what the, everyone was thinking. Well, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. That's why share prices were <clears throat> hammered down. That's right. Um, you know, the good news is that uh, JB Hi-Fi now is it's still in the bottom quartile of its PE range. <clears throat> so current PE is only 9.8. Yeah. And that's prior to the, you know, what their earnings are. Look, that's trailing earnings. Yeah. It's very, very cheap. And the EPS growth is running at 20% average now over the last six years. So it's got very, very strong growth, very high stability. All its metrics are excellent, and it's in the bottom quartile of the PE. Now, what that transpires to is what your returns are going to be. And from our, from Team Invest's perspective, we've got a calculation of 17% 
per year compound total return over the next five years on a margin of safety. Right. So that's, wow. that's our conservative numbers. Okay. And our default numbers, which means if JB Hi-Fi can just keep going the way they are, about 30% a year. Wow. So, and that's assuming a, a comparable PE um, in five years' time. Okay. So very good. So a buy at these levels. It has to be. But is this... Are they repre- representative, uh, you point out, of the quality retailers going forward? Are they, is this a result that says, hey, the wisdom of the market saying everyone, every retailer sales will be down yeah. has missed the mark and missed the strength of the economy and consumers and how much money consumers have got at the moment. Yeah, but I think it's also a mistake that uh, investors make generally is when they look at a sector and say, oh, I think that sector will be down. Within, They may be right overall, but with the, you don't make any money doing that because at the end of the day, there are outstanding businesses and a lot of garbage. Yeah. So, so it drags the outstanding. And yeah, the down. average may be down. Right. Yeah, it may well be down. And yeah. next year, by the way, you know, inflation's relatively a uh, new phenomenon for us, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I think we think JB Hi-Fi will be able to push through uh, all their inflationary costs without a problem, so I don't expect it to hurt them at all Right. Uh, going yeah. forward. Where it may hurt them is on consumer demand if unemployment goes up, which it isn't at the moment. No. If it does, and if, if interest rates go up more and start affecting people's disposable income based on mortgages and rent, all those ifs, yeah. then it might make it harder. Right. Does that mean they'll do badly? No. Is this a good time to buy it? Absolutely. Michael? Um, I agree that you know, the, the situation is a lot tougher now than what it was two years ago. And this yeah. is, you know, I agree where you need to focus on the, the quality names will shine through. Obviously, two years ago, all these online retailers were making money and all the share prices were going yeah. up. And you just throw a dart at the dartboard and, um, you know, you can make money in the retailing sector. But now it is a bit more discerning. and. You know, if you're in that space, JB Hi-Fi is, is one of the better names. You know, very impressive uh, growth yep. that we've seen um, in today's numbers. <clears throat> and that also bodes well for the dividend. I think they go ex-dividend in August. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally pay a good dividend. So based on these numbers, you'd assume that they should once again pay a good dividend. So if yep. you're after dividends, that's, yep. that's great. Um, still some risks out there as highlighted. Inflation, so, you know, the cost of goods, um, staffing, um, uh, you know, paying staff that that could potentially be an issue down the track. I, you know, I honestly don't know where we will end up, say, in several months from now in terms of inflation and um, how it will impact JB Hi-Fi and, and whether the consumer still has the appetite to, to spend money on these goods. But, yeah, look, I mean, it is, as I said, it's one of the better businesses in that sector. Um, in terms of me, for whether it's a buy or not, I prefer to see something that's starting to get more into a trend um, in terms of pricing over the last sort of 18 months. JB Hi-Fi's traded in a bit of a range between about $43 and 55 So after breaking down and uh, several weeks ago and failing to find good buying support, um, that was a bit of a concern. And now it's got back to that $43 level. Yep. I'd just be very curious to see over the next few days if we still see the sellers step up and, and dump the shares here. I mean, if, oh, if, right. they're, if they're pretty much done with the selling and the shares can hold in around 43, even trade to 44, I'd rather give up that extra sort of dollar in the share price and right. know that those sellers are out of the way. Um, and then I think the share price can recover. So for me, it's just a keep an eye sort on Sort of it. a hold at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. And, uh, and we've got a, another 
uh, quality retailer coming up very shortly. Um, but first up, Mark, uh, Regal Partners. Uh, Jacob wants uh, your view on that. He bought uh, some early June up to uh, $3.70. Happy with the business. They recently merged with Regal Investment Fund. Is that an issue? Um, it's an interesting business. It's, it's, it only has um, three years history. Yep. So for us, it's too early for us to look yep. at it. But just looking at the numbers and what they've done for the last three years, they're all actually very good. Yep. This is a company that um, invests, well, provides, um, um, uh, like, uh, well, it used to be VGI, which was a hedge fund. So it's more of a hedge fund type yep. business on alternative investments. Yep. So it's a bit... Yep. And it's international as well. Right. <clears throat> Difficult business to really understand. So it's in that it perpetual Magellan sector. It's yeah, fund but manager, but, but at the yeah, uh, hedge funds tend. To, well, not it's, yeah, oh, theoretically riskier, but hedge funds are meant to make money, a particularly in bear markets and right. so. So you could say, well, um, you know, compared to a a long fund that's just investing in listed equities. Yeah, that's the theory. Right. And they sometimes do. Yeah. Uh, hedge funds. You haven't had glorious history over the last the last few years, but look, the the their, their earnings are very good, and the PE is very low. I think it's on about a four and a half PE on its earnings, yeah. which is very low. I don't know enough about it. I had a quick look at it this morning, and it's quite complex. There's a lot of moving parts in it all, yeah. um, but the market really doesn't like it. And the last the share price has really just gone down, 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 down over the last um, three years, which I'm sure Michael will com- Michael will be able to comment on because we don't do that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't look good. Yeah. It's saying that even though their performance is good yeah. so far, I don't understand what, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Right. So some, okay. something that people don't like, but I don't know what it is. Yep. But not for you. Uh, Michael? Um, yeah, just a very, very big downtrend. So a few years ago, it was up at $17. Um, and now it's uh, it's around $2 something. So mm. massive destroyer of, of your capital. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. So it's, it's just got that downwards <laughs> momentum and, and for that reason... Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just I just stay away from something in such a horrible downtrend. Yep. So, do stocks get caught up in that? Even though, because from what Mark was saying, disconnect, making profits, good earnings, mm. funds under management seem pretty good, but then market doesn't like it. Are the are the are the market saying, hey, we might be going into an investment environment that doesn't suit there's a, their there's strategy? A bit of that. Plus, there's there's been a bit of a revolving door around um, who's been running the fund and I think right. I think there was a merger with VGI partners and yep. Yep. there was a few things happening which um, I, th- I think the market doesn't quite like. I think one of the investment managers had left right. a couple of years ago. They've got a CEO in that also left. Um, performance wasn't good for one period of time. There was just a few things going on right. which were a bit, bit smelly and right. obviously there's been a few... You know, when you look at what's been happening with Magellan recently, I don't think the market wants stability and wants right. the, the consistency. So there's a lack of you know, confidence. Yeah. I think that you're right about it. I think Magellan has taken a lot of the wind out of the market for anything to do with investment management. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. it's all been painted with the same brush. Whereas if you look at uh, uh, Pinnacle, for instance, yeah. you know, they've been growing at like $100 million a week on funds coming yeah. in, yeah. but they've been beaten down too. Right. So you say, why? Well, there's no reason other than confidence. Right, yeah. okay. All right, um, Michael, Nancy wants a view on City Sheep, the uh, retail, Australian retailer, now international, mm. uh, in plus size women's fashion, and uh, has done a couple of acquisitions overseas in the last year or so, haven't they? Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, it was a bit of a market darling again a couple of years yeah. ago. All the retailers were, were doing really well. I think I don't put this, this one in the same category as 
as JB Hi-Fi, they, you know, they, they were losing money up until COVID and then they started to make some money during that yep. period. Um, and now it looks like they're struggling a little bit again. Um, they had to increase their debt levels earlier in the year, which, which isn't great now that we've got interest rates going up. Um, it looks like they increased their inventory to get through some of the supply chain issues, but they're just not making the sort of the sort of money that the market's expecting, um, and that's why again we've got a with this particular one a bit of a horrible downtrend from mm. six dollars down to to do two dollars or so. So, I mean, short term it looks like there's a bit of buying uh, that's that's been coming in the last couple of weeks, but I mean the market's bounced in the last couple of weeks. So is it really just? general market movements yeah. um, it's hard to say so for me it's a bit too early to be to be buying this one I'd okay. be steering clear uh, Mark um, yes it's interesting um, the the big difference between this and say JB Hi-Fi uh, is the stability so it fails on our stability <coughs> measures so we've got about 30 percent EPS stability and 40 percent sales stability which means if you look at the graphs it's all over the shop yeah. now what we like is particularly with retailers or anyone who has a predictable business you want to see as even as possible or consistent yeah. growth. JB Hi-Fi is like did it straight, you know, straight up at 16 or 17% a year, then yeah. jump for COVID, and now it's back on the same trajectory. Yeah. You know, that's excellent. Yeah. Whereas these guys, up, down, losing yeah. money for a while, then up again. But even, even with that, they're on a P ratio of over 20 times. Oh. So they're double the price. You're paying two dollars. You're paying double per dollar of earnings for these guys than you are for JB Hi-Fi. And I think okay. JB Hi-Fi is a way superior business, but from right. a performance point of view. So return we're showing about four percent a year. So it's not bad. It's not a bad business, but the stability for us would take it right out. We wouldn't consider it. Right. Okay. So how does a company like City Chic have twenty times earnings and JB Hi-Fi under ten? <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because but if you look at if you look at um, their PE ratios, the the bottom quartile is up to twenty eight, and then up yeah. to forty three in the black. Right. It's, it seems like it's had a high PE ratio for a long time. Sometimes people get used to paying a ratio for something, and they think that's the norm. Right. And yeah. I'd I'd, I'd uh, say something from a viewer's point of view. You want to be careful going forward on using the past to predict the future purely on PE ratios because right. if interest rates do go up a bit higher, PEs are going to come down. So if you've got something like this where the earnings aren't stable, they, they have got good growth at the moment, uh, but if they can't continue it, there's no way it's worth 20 times earnings. Right, okay. All right, uh, Will wants a view on mineral resources, the uh, diversified mining company that's in iron ore and lithium and a whole bunch of others has a... What do you call it a mercurial chief executive that markets either love or hate depending on who it is chris ellison he's yes. been, he's fantastic yep yeah you're in the <laughs> love love part of it i just about have a poster a, a photo of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it yeah okay. you know you know why? Uh, why because i've made so much money out of okay. uh, the investment it's been my best performing investment is that over right? the last decade wow yeah by far okay. by far okay uh, i bought back in at five dollars <throat> in two seven Right. So, uh, and I've added to it. So, but the thing, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Yeah. Why do I like him? You are a bitch. Why do I like him? Is because yeah. he's been brilliant at making money for shareholders, and yeah. uh, he's a he's a true uh, founder, uh, entrepreneur, and uh, he's just really, really good at reading the tea leaves in the mining area and making money in it, no, ma no matter what he's dealt. Right. Okay. Uh, their their prospects now are outstanding. Um, they've recently discovered a major gas find in the uh, Perth Basin, which from what I've read about so far, it could be, could be, 
could be, could be. Uh, it was one of the largest on on continent uh, fines ever. Wow. So now we haven't heard how they're going to deal with that. Yeah. Um, is they probably what if you look at his past performance? What he'll probably do is do a deal with somebody who um, specialises in building the infrastructure to extract it. Yeah. Give them a share. They pay for it all. Yeah. And or he will sell some of it, get all his capital back, yeah. and then still own. Yeah. 70 or 80 percent that's what he does yeah um, he did that with lithium yeah something. yeah he did that with yeah. with Wajina, he yeah. he spent probably think sub 100 million on the whole thing and then sold a 50 percent or 60 percent interest initially to albemarle the american group for 1.2 billion us wow. and got a half interest in their lithium hydroxide plant so right. it was like a two billion dollar deal yeah now he's just outstanding okay the comp- the business now is much more complex than it was because yeah. they've got mining services uh they're expanding heavily into more production capacity on lower cost iron. Uh, major global player in hard rock lithium now. Right. And lithium hydroxide, which is the full processing. They're not out exploring for lithium. They are now producing hydroxide for batteries. Right. Okay. Here, here and in China, or here just starting in WA with Arbamal and also in China. Okay. So their, their prospects, I think the business is going to uh, spin out massive amounts of cash over the next five years. However, there's going to be a lot more debt as well, and it's a more complex business. Okay. Well, I'm still very so, happy, and I think it's... Okay. Uh, you would be happy if you bought at $5. Oh, but so even now, I think it's at, good, at I think four, it's good 40, value now. Oh, so it's, 46, paying, it's paying about a 5% dividend as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Michael? Um, I like it. Yeah, I like it at these levels. It's, um, it's one that we actually um, bought back into over the last week. Um, I think you know there's very good support down here. It seems like you know the buying's coming back in, and, yep. and it should lift up. Um, yeah, look, I mean, from our, our strategy is more to trade these commodities because yep. of, because they are very cyclical. Um, but I do think we've reached a, a bit of a low point where we should see see an uplift in the share price. But I mean, just in terms of lithium in general, I mean, I made this point last time I was on the show, and I think I think a lot of invest investors have been burnt. Um, this year, with with lithium companies, because they've they've jumped onto the story of, you know, we need electric cars, therefore we need lithium, therefore we need yep. to buy um, lithium companies. But I think what's become very obvious is that it is just very much a story, and it gets everyone gets caught up in in the narrative because um, we don't need lithium as much as we do other commodities. We already have cars, hmm. um, so if the price gets too high, um, the demand isn't going to be there. Um, as we've seen with recent events in, in Europe, um, the, the European Union has, has basically, there's an agreement that car manufacturers in Europe stop selling internal combustion engines in 2035. Yeah. Um, but already well, we're seeing the German the manufacturers... The going to be doing that. Yeah, the, the German manufacturers are already starting to backtrack from that because if the prices are just so high um, and it's so difficult, um, they're not going to stick to that. And as we've right. also seen with the German energy companies... Um, they're starting to, to burn coal now because they can't get the Russian gas. So I think when push comes to shove, you can't just assume that, that the prices for lithium will go up forever. They'll, they'll cool off for yep. a bit um, and then, you know, they'll have another run. So just, you know, for, for our viewers out there getting excited in stocks like uh, your LKEs and, um, and some of these other businesses that have shot up so much and then collapsed, um, you just really need to be careful running... Yeah. Uh, you know, running with that narrative and, and buying stuff after it's run yeah. run quite a bit. Whereas at least in this case, 
you know, a bit of heat's come out of the share price in me and it's back to a very good level and I think this is where you buy it. You don't chase it after it's right. you know, no. run up 100%. But you know, the big difference too with that is a lot of people chase the stories. You know, and the stories are, we, are, we found this fabulous yep. lithium deposit in Chile or something. And like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> lithium, there's plenty of lithium yeah. around. The challenge is finding it where it's commercially viable and you can extract it and process it and ship it. All that stuff. Which so, they're doing. Oh, they're, they're, they are right at the front end of all this. Yeah. yeah. They're actually producing hydroxide. Mm. That's, uh, yeah. that's the, so it's the fully, difference. they're getting the full value of the whole life cycle through to, uh, to batteries. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, <clears throat> Gorevan uh, Mathan on yesterday and what, South 32 was, uh, was on the list. And they were saying, look, if you want exposure to resources, it's BHP, um, Rio, Minres, South 32 and IGO, you know, they're, they're your staples of what, which you build your resources foundation in a, in a portfolio, just those five all quality stocks. I would say too, say anyone who's interested in mineral resources, there's a, the Macquarie uh, conference, which if you just Google Macquarie mineral resources, right. Chris Ellison presents a really good um, synopsis of what the company's all about and what it's doing, the pillars. Oh, so if anyone's good. interested in it, watch that and it'll give you a much better understanding. Oh, that's worthwhile having a look at. Okay. Um, Elle wants to view uh, Michael on corporate travel, mm. the uh, uh, one of the leading uh, travel companies and as the, the name implies, is basically focused on that corporate and business travel into the market, unlike the flight centres of the world and webjets and things like yep. that. Yep. Uh, basically an online business as well. Yeah, look, this, this is a business that's been in the wars over the last few years with, with short reports and, and, and the like. Um, I, I find this sector maybe a little bit too tough, to be honest, to, um, to invest in here. There's obviously, we've, we've heard all, all of the headwinds um, when it comes to travelling at the moment, um, cancelled flights, uh, you know, there's energy prices are going up, all the other costs. Um, are we still going to have the demand for travel over the next six months because of these issues and, um, and, and also because of rising interest rates? Um, yeah, I, I just find it a bit too hard to, to predict the, um, the path for, for this sector for the next several months. Um, there's a number of analysts that cover this stock and they all seem to love it. They seem to think it's quite cheap, but you know, when I look at the way it's traded over the last few months, I just don't see any buying. So um, there's still quite a bit of selling pressure in this stock. I think the share price can get cheaper. Right. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's just a little bit too cloudy, the outlook to, okay. to invest in this. All right. Uh uh, it's been a um, fabulous uh, wealth winner for Team Invest over yeah. the years up until uh, the end of 2019, yeah. you know, to when COVID started. Because yeah. remember, Flight Centre as well, but corporate travel was significantly better. It was a significantly better performer than Flight Centre for about the last six or seven years prior, before COVID. Yep. Um, very, very well managed, excellent business. But of course, COVID stopped the business in the tracks. Yep. So they went to virtually nearly zero revenue, you know, which is like... That travel was the industry that got totally smashed. Yep. Yep. So the problem I've got with it now is, well, the problem's not a problem. The positive is they bought up a major competitor in the US, which they did a capital raising for, but they bought it really cheaply and it absolutely uh, fits in with their business in the, in the US market. Yep. So very, very good buy. And they issued some shares for that. They didn't actually need to raise debt or issue shares to survive in the business. 
Um, oh, to survive the pandemic. Yeah, they, 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 they were strong enough that they could they could just bat, batten the hatches down. Right. Uh, they don't have as a heavier. They don't have the retail exposure that the flight centre has. Yep. You know, it's flight centre hundreds of shops. Yep. Yeah. So you know, that's, yeah. uh, as we know. So. That, so going forward, I'm absolutely confident that, that the um, travel business will get back to normal. It's definitely going to take longer than everybody probably thought. Yeah. Um, they're still having problems now getting planes back in the air and getting pilots and, mm. and airports. So, you know, it's problems all over the place. So it's definitely taking longer. The consequence of that is particularly premium fares, which is where corporate travel would be with business and so on, are all at record highs. You know, US now, I don't know what you pay to go to London, oh, yeah. but it's, it's US lot. is like 18 grand, lot. 18 grand return. <laughs> yeah. You know, where I, could, I, I used to buy them for about six or seven. Yep. So um, they get they get a margin, they get a share of that. So that's all good. But they're not back into uh, um, profit yet. They're sort of about break even now. Right. Um, just. But the share price hasn't actually come down that much from what it was before COVID. So you say, oh, hang on, the market, you, uh, I agree with Michael, the market does seem to love it. Uh, I bought some in uh, March on the COVID drop, not as many, many as I should have, which yeah. tripled because it jumped straight back. I never yeah. would have predicted that. Yeah. And I was looking at it on a five year, not a trade. Yeah. And I've kept those. And as I said, I wish I'd bought more. But there's no way I'd buy it at $20 or so. Yeah, so that COVID stage. drop was the uh, the five seventy eight yeah. there yeah. that that's it got right. down to, that's right. yeah. and you can see the bounce back really quickly. But that's not earnings though. You're looking at share price. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying the earnings, no, no, that's all. The earnings yeah. haven't bounced back yet, yeah. and they they're not going to anytime really soon. They'll start growing. Yep. US is more advanced than we are as far as the uh, the the growth of the business. But fantastic business will be really really good and do really well over the next five or six years. Um, but I, I, I don't understand why it's so expensive. Right. At the moment, okay. Right. Based on that. Um, our next stock, Dustin wants a view, uh, Mark, on Ingham's, the, uh, the big poultry uh, producer here in Australia, but also feedstock. It's more than just selling chooks to KFC and uh, frozen chicken breasts, breasts in uh, Coles and Woolworths. Um, what do you think of Ingham's? Uh, not much. It's got a, it's a five-year history. Um, it's... Um, here at the moment it's down the low end of its range which at 13 but the problem is their EPS growth rate so they were growing after listing in 16 they grew quite strongly um, for the first two years then leveled off this is pre-COVID and then COVID hit they took a big hit on fairly big hit on COVID which sort of halved their earnings so and they haven't got they haven't come out of that so it's still showing flat from um, uh, yeah, the period through COVID. So the EPS at the moment is running at about 20 cents a share. And that means they've got negative, uh, a negative growth rate of about 6%. Sales have been growing at 3% a year, nothing stellar. Right. I mean, it's not the kind of business you expect to have stellar growth. No. It's being real. Uh, but we're showing a negative return of about 5% on it. Return on capital is 6%, which is pretty... Pretty yeah. poor. Yeah. So I'm, it's not bad. I'm saying it's a bad business. They're not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, it just wouldn't turn out. Wouldn't wouldn't get and any wouldn't get any uh, attention for us. Yeah, because you got to keep it in perspective. There yeah. are plenty of other alternatives for your money, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a good and average business that's terrific. But you're not going to make money out mm. of it compared no. with the opportunity no. cost that's of right. investing somewhere. So else. how many shares do you want in your portfolio? Yeah, twenties heaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the growth is quite low and they've obviously got some headwinds at the moment with, with cost pressures yeah, coming from all angles. So, um, you know, can they put in all the price rises to, to offset all the increased costs? I don't think so. I think if you, 
you know, if you, the price of your chook goes up, you move on to the next thing, just as yep. the price of beef goes up, you move on to, to something yep. else. So, um, yeah, look, it is. it has become a lot cheaper, um, as Mark mentioned, but I think the only real opportunity would be that the market prices in a bit too much doom and gloom and it gets even cheaper, then maybe you could pick it up and it reverts back to where it should be. But that's yeah, okay. a, bit, a bit of a poor investment case. I'd rather right. stick clear. Okay. All right, let's uh, recap the first uh, five stocks. Stock of the day, JB Hi-Fi. Uh, it's a buy from uh, Mark. Michael has it as a hold. Regal a no from both. Same with uh, City Chic. Uh, mineral Resources, um, a yes from both Mark and Michael at these levels. Uh, both are an avoid on corporate travel and also Ingham's. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction uh, fantasy fund, uh, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. So let's check the portfolio update. Uh, Tyro, Qantas, Frontier Digital Ventures, Tabcorp and Steadfast were removed by the, the investment committee, while Babcorp was added to the portfolio this month, uh, also up the uh, cash holding to just over 10% uh, since the uh, 1st of March, uh, the fund down just over 4%. So keep sending in your requests here to the call because that's how uh, the stocks get um, um, uh, referred to the investment committee. For example, mineral resources will get uh, referred through to the investment committee because uh, both the guys has been as a buy. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. This next half hour of the call, we'll be taking a look at Seek, Dickadata, NetWealth, Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, and Northern Star Resources. All right, uh, Michael Eddy wants a view on Seek, the uh, the online employment marketplace, and mm. uh, at a time where um, there is a job shortage and scarcity of labour, does that play well into something like Seek? Um, the type market. They're finding it hard to put a lot of increases through um, on their ads, but the other the other aspect to seek is that they have this um, uh, what do they call it? This growth fund that 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 comprises about ten yep. percent of their valuation. So this is where they they allocate funds to sort of up and coming new yep. ventures, tech ventures, yep. and and obviously because of valuations in that space have been been crunched, it's affecting. Ah. The overall valuation of Seek, so it's it has been the the share price has become cheaper over the last few months. I I don't think it's cheap enough um, to warrant a look just yet, and and obviously it's in a bit of a downtrend. So I think the risk is still to the downside on this one. Um, is does that muddy the waters when a company like this goes in to a venture capital fund and puts it in the main business? Like if they'd yeah, I often it's, think it's, with... It's um, like Jerry Harvey buying some horses with, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, with Harvey or, Norman's money. Or, or Fortescue going, yeah. having this future fund with its hydrogen, it's sort of 
Fortescue was a pure play iron ore, and then you've got this little thing on the side. Yeah, I, I mean, using the case, I mean, I don't hold Seek shares, but using the case of Fortescue, I have had some clients say to me, oh, should we, yeah. you know, do we still get involved in this? Because they have a particular view on on yeah. what he's doing in, in yep. that domain. So, yep. yeah, look, I mean, it, it can, whether positive or negatively. Yeah. yeah, I think it's often the ego, you know, when you have a strong founder there, you know, yeah. and the other one, Screw Turner did it as well, from Flight Centre where right. they, he invested in a bikes business bikes. called 99 Bikes, and we said, what? Yeah, we, 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 and he's, he's a keen cyclist and so is yeah. his son. But for it, him to do that personally, yeah, fair he, enough. he should have done it personally. It was only a few million, but the point was, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, it turned out that it actually made good money, so it was a right. good investment, <laughs> but I, I think it absolutely muddies the water and it's a really bad yeah. idea. Because the Bassett brothers, who are the founders of yeah. Seek, you know, Paul is in uh, in venture capital yeah, and yeah. all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but do you but then, then the, another example of it was Kerry Stokes when he bought into Caterpillar. He bought yeah. Caterpillar franchises for Australia, and everyone went, "What?" You know, because he was media. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, seven. Went, and then it turned out that I think that makes a lot more money than the media does now. Yeah. But that could yeah, have yeah. been a, a, a bit of a, that could have been like a bit of a pivot to media's yeah. on the skids long yes. term. Yeah. TV. Yeah. And I'll get into this heavy earth moving stuff for good money. Right. Yeah, so yeah. that was that was a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. But uh, what do you think of Seek? Um, right. Look, Seek has been an outstanding business over the long term. In the last few years prior to COVID, its earnings started dropping off. Though, so they've they've they sort of it's a mature business. They're the main yeah. player in Australia. So the only way they can really grow is internationally, and so yeah. on, which we know is fraught. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's very difficult. Which I did in the China. Yep, and yep. And they and they got a few things right, but it's very hard because yeah. particularly when you're in a mature business, they were a disrupt a disruptor when they started. They're not a disruptor anymore. So yeah. when you go to another country, everyone already knows the play playbook. Yeah. So you're buying uh, an existing player who's probably number two or something like that, and usually doesn't make any money. It's not yeah. they're usually losing money, and you're paying big bucks for it. Yeah. So that then puts a drag on your earnings in Australia. So that's the sort of thing that happened. But um, look, it has done very well. As uh, uh, for us over the years, um, I think the uh, they got hit fairly hard during COVID, not surprisingly, and now their earnings are turning back. But they've dropped; their earnings have dropped by uh, two thirds mm. to what they were pre-COVID, and because of that, the P seems ridiculously high at the moment of 93 times. So what the market's done is they haven't taken the share price down as much as the earnings have gone down. A bit right. like a bit like corporate travel because yep. it's quality business, and yep. people have gone, "Oh no, it'll come back," and I think it will come back. But and, and there is that argument to say if it's such a tight employment market, people will have to be advertising more for staff and advertising for longer to attract them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and whether that's right, and whether that turns into more dollars for them or not, because sometimes if you have a if you don't have the applicants. Yep. As well. And there are a lot of their oh, works yeah, executive. Yeah. Then I, I can't fill the role. It's like yep. like real estate. If there's nothing for sale, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, yep. you're going to do well if you're an agent. What point. you want is yeah. you, want tra- you want transactions yep. is what you want, not yep. just individually. Having said that, um, I'm, I'm assuming that their earnings will come back. So I just had a look at it based on what they were before and where they are now. And I reckon giving them reasonable assumptions going forward, I'd, I reckon it's a buy at about $19.80. $19.80 is currently... Uh, Currently, 22. Right. It's okay. still a bit too much from my 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 point of view, even though the share price has halved right. through COVID. You can probably so, buy it now. I'm not saying it would be bad. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine on a five-year outlook. But this is not a trade. No. This is chance to buy what has always been a quality business at a 50% discount. Right. So fair price under $20. Yeah, I reckon for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of that, 
tech space and also founder-led businesses. Steve wants a view, Mark, on Dicker Data, um, which is uh, basically a, um, a, a retailer, if you like, a, a wholesaler of, um, uh, of major brands, for office brands, isn't it? Computers, um, computer screens did well during COVID as lots of businesses set up their staff at home and bought them all the, uh, all the technology. That's right. Um, so, yeah, they've had a very good COVID. Yeah. Uh, we've looked at this business in the past. What's always put us off has been the debt level. Um, they're currently running about 130% debt to equity, but they've always had a high uh, debt rate over, you know, yeah, I think pretty well over 100 all the time. Um, debt to market cap, however, is only about 11%, which is, is fine. Yeah. So there's, depending on your measure, we do debt to equity because they have such a low level of equity in the yeah. business. You know, they actually sell the goods before they pay for them half yep. the time, a bit like JB Hi-Fi yeah. in that yeah. respect, but in, this is in business. Very well run business. The, the growth rate uh, was stable through COVID. It's flattened off a little bit, but didn't go down, which is good. Yep. Um, it's averaging 23% a year uh, with 90% stability. Um, that's very good. Return on equity is 41%, excellent. Um, and that's all good. And we're showing it returning uh, at the moment a seven, about 7.5% on a margin of safety and about 22% on our default settings. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Uh, it's in the middle range of its PE at the moment, and the PE is 29. So PE is a bit higher considering where we are in the market at the yep. moment. But look, yep. um, that's what the returns are. And if you, can live, if you don't mind the debt, um, it's just a hard filter of ours. Yep. Um, right. It's just not a problem if you're a good cash, good cash flow. Okay. And you can refinance it. So, yes I, or I, would I'd say, well, team hole? invest doesn't pass our filters. Right. Okay. But I would say, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a quality business, and um, it could be a buy if you like it and you're happy with the debt. Okay. Michael. Yeah. Sim- similar thoughts. I mean, it's it's been a good business over the years. Um, they're still growing quite nicely. Revenues um, during their last update in May were up pretty strongly, although margins were down a bit. So most of it, I mean, it seems to be tracking pretty well. Yeah. Um, but again, just based on you know, potential headwinds coming up with uh, you know, increasing costs and, and all the usual things, um, is it cheap enough to, to take the punt? Mm. Here, probably not. Had a, recently, a good update recently, didn't it? Which is why yeah, we've had that, yeah. That, yeah. that spike in the last last month or so. So I'd, I'd be inclined to wait until their um, their set of results in August. Yeah. Um, um, you know, Mark mentioned that it's sort of in the mid range of its PE, and 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 as you could see in terms of the trading range, it's in the midpoint of the trading range. So if it was to get sold back down to that eleven dollar region, I think it'd be. Yeah. It'd be worthwhile taking taking a punt, and especially if they produce an announcement in, in August that's similar to what yeah. we saw with JB Hi-Fi today. It's a funny business because people get, oh, doesn't own anything, doesn't own a brand, just sells other brands, but has just kept delivering yeah. over the years. Good founder, good management team that just yeah. seem to know their business, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it's a, if, if, you, if you're a good operator, that whole, that business supplying businesses with computer screens and desks yeah. and stuff is actually a very good business. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one in Tim Best Private that's uh, right. owned, and that's, that's done really well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A lot of private companies in that area too. Okay. Um, Andrew wants to view uh, Michael on net wealth, uh, saying, um, uh, like to know the, after the recent update, net wealth increased its funds under management. This is the... Uh, uh, the portfolio platform, mm. funds management platform, which um, looks after 
the investments, a lot of clients of investment advisors and the like. What do you think of NetWorld? Um, yeah, so these, these businesses obviously make their money on the, the, the more funds under management they have. Yeah. They can clip, clip the ticket and, and have, have higher fees. Their recent announcement came in under what, what they had previously guided as well as what a lot of analysts were expecting. So it was a bit soft. Right. Um, and also in this environment, you'd have um, accounts with fund managers with higher cash balances um, and smaller amounts actually invested in the market, in a market that's still declining. So that's a bit of a headwind for fees as well. And when I look at the way it's trading, the share price is, is in a bit of a downtrend itself. So yeah. um, I think it's too early. I think, um, I think it'll probably move with the broader market, which is... I think in the short term the market might have a bit of a spike up, but I think there's still potential for for a lot of these share prices to head lower in the next few months. So right. I'd rather stay so think for now. You think there's another leg down? You think this is I a, think so. a, bull, a bear market rally at the moment that we're in? Yes, that, that's right. And, and based on um, NetWealth's recent recent announcement, they didn't shoot the lights out. They came in under what was expected. So right. um, I'd rather I'd rather see a positive surprise and and jump onto that. So, yeah, I think there's still... Few in this area, net wealth up 24 is another one, premium, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, what do you think? Plenty of competition. Yeah, um, four years' history. They do a lot. A lot of this stuff is service-based, so it's not the actual management of the funds themselves. They're, they're providing the platforms and the integration. And I was reading their blurb, and they were saying you can... You can do your own trading on your self-managed super fund and your personal name all on the same account and they work it all out automatically yep. which I thought well that sounded that, I thought that sounded good yeah. <laughs> I've got separate accounts paying the ass yeah, yeah. so a lot of it's <clears throat> yeah, platform services and yeah. so on so I'm not sure what the split on the income is I don't think from what I could see I don't think there's a lot of actual management they do so they're actually giving they're, they're hooking you up with all the funds and their main target market are advisors right. so they do want yes. the advisors clients on the platform and the advisor would do it because it's fee based and then for them, it provides lots Take, of options and they can then direct and it. takes away all the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's all good. It's on a very, very high PE, though, which um, um, even though their earnings have been growing... They've grown about 30% a year since they uh, listed four years ago, which is good, with good stability. Um, return on equity is 58, which is fantastic. So all the numbers look great. Four years, a bit... Yeah, it's one year too short for us, but... Um, and it's, the PE ratio is right in the middle of its range, but that's 57 times. Right. Which, look, if they can maintain 30% EPS growth, that's okay. Yeah. If they can. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're showing a pretty big range on return. You know, so 6% on safety and 30-odd percent on default. In other words, we're discounting that growth rate heavily. Because right. 30% EPS growth, you can't do for very long. Yeah. doesn't matter how good you are, particularly in Australia. Yeah. Yep. You end up owning the market. So yep. then to maintain that, they'll have to really knock... Beat Hub and all these other guys, they have to, have to trounce them. Yeah. So look, it, but and as you say, yeah. it's highly competitive. Yeah, but if I had it, I'd hold it. I wouldn't sell it. Right. I, I couldn't say it's a buy. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, Victor, Mark wants a view on Fisher and Paykel Healthcare. Uh, they're in um, uh, production of uh, of health products, um, but also in the 
um, ResMed area as yeah, well? So they, do, they, they do all the, but, all the um, um, well, they do, they're more hospital based. Yeah. So they're providing airflow management systems for you know, respirators and for surgery and so on. So yeah. it's all the masks and all the, yeah. all the, and all the smart controls and stuff. ResMed, it, we, we've often looked at these two companies together. Ah. So uh, ResMed is about 70% consumer with uh, sleep apnea and so on, yes. 30% hospitals. Yeah. Uh, Fisher and Park was roughly 70% hospitals and 30% oh, consumer. Okay. And they both try and get each other's share on, on that. ResMed's gone down the technology road and bought up quite a, a few now. Another recent one, uh, technology companies, which, and their valuation now has gone right up, not based on earnings, their PE is twice as high as Fisher & Paykel's oh. on earnings. Right. Um, so now that may pan out for ResMed. For Fisher & Paykel, uh, it's sticking to the knitting. They had a fantastic COVID, yep. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're building a new factory in uh, Mexico, and I think they're building another one in New Zealand as well. Right. Um, so they're in a, management is very, very bullish on their growth. But we've always found them to under-promise and over-deliver. Right. So they've got a very good history with us of being a, uh, a wealth winner. Um, similar to the last one we looked at in the returns, we're showing about 7% a year on safety, but 26 on default. So it'll be somewhere between there probably. Right. Um, the share price has come down uh, a lot. Um, I think it's down about 50% roughly yeah. uh, from the highs. Um, apps, this is like a CSL quality company. Right. I put Fisher & Paykel in with CSL and say so you can Gee, buy them. A- that's a big wrap. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, it's still on a 30 PE, and the earnings came off a bit in the last year after COVID, which you'd expect, because they bought forward about a billion dollars worth of hardware sales. Right. But yeah. going forward, their base now in all the hospitals is doubled. Right. So through COVID, they've done a significant inv- um, growth in globally for their products, which means they then sell all the consumables for it. Right. So yeah. I think their outlook going forward, um, we're showing 19% EPS growth. We think they can maintain that. Okay. Going forward, so I'd, I'd put in as a definitely a buy. Okay, Michael, um, I'd like to see how how those earnings pan out. Obviously, as as Mark mentioned, very good um, during the COVID period, and then the earnings sort of dropped off quite a bit, and the share prices yep. um, has been belted. Um, yeah, if you bought it about a year ago, you've you've dusted nearly half half your yep. dough. But yep. but that, I think this type of business is one that that you need to keep an eye on because. Um, you know, their penetration in the hospitals is a positive. There's unfortunately a lot more patients coming in as well, requiring those those masks. And, uh, and, and even if we do end up in a recession, healthcare stocks tend to do pretty mm. well in these recessionary periods. So yep. I think the ingredients are there for it to do well. It's still in a downtrend. Yeah, maybe next set of results gets gets it uh, kicking along and then I'd be interested but so one right. for the watch list I think okay. I'd, be, I'd be very keen on, on seeing a turnaround yep. um, but for me just a bit early to yeah okay on. a hold is it isn't it interesting too because it's been belted because everyone was saying oh COVID's gone now and it made all this money in COVID and now we get another wave yeah. and it keeps coming back again yeah. So we don't know when this is going to go away. It's and just an interesting little like, side story yeah. on it. Um, we've got a member who's involved in the in the business, and the uh, they've been pushing the hospital the surgeons for a long time to use a lot of the Fisher and Pike or stuff for general surgeries, oh. which they don't. Yeah, right. they yeah they so rather than you, you don't need to incubate people, which is very uh, pervasive. Yeah. You can do a lot of yeah. a lot of the time you don't need to. Right. <clears throat> um, and what happened through COVID is because of shortages of um, uh, uh, of the incubating machines. What are they called? The um, 
the, you know what I mean, yeah, life support the straight down things, the other. Yeah. There's shortages of those. They all use this other technology that Fisher and Pico have, and it worked really well. Oh. So now they, they think they've got a fast track uh, for general surgery, which, by the way, from the market opportunity is about double yeah. what the opportunity is now. Right. Time will tell. But COVID actually, one of those unintended consequences, yeah. actually accelerated the, uh, the uh, usage and trial of the new system, which is much cheaper. And so on. So wow. I thought that was good. It is interesting, um, and this is a New Zealand company, of course, will claim it as an Australian one because yeah. it's uh, so good as we normally, normally do with everything that's listed here. <laughs> but for uh, two little countries, let's put it like that, uh, to produce CSL, cochlear, ResMed, mm. Fisher and Paykel, we punch above our weight in sort of healthcare, don't we? Mm. Absolutely. And yeah. healthcare uh, exports uh, as well. All right, our final stock. Lucas wants a view, uh, Michael, on Northern Star Resources. We'll finish with a gold miner and one of the biggest, most prestigious. Um, What do you think of Northern Star? Um, If you were to buy gold, I think Northern Star's probably one of the the two or three that you would... Gee, there's a sting, is it? If you were to buy gold, Northern Star would be one that you'd look at. All right, let's start with number one. Would you buy gold at the moment? Right. Not yet. I mean, gold... So, unfortunately, the Northern Star share price will mostly track whatever gold does, and gold's just not... Not doing anything. I mean, if you if you think that's because the Aussie dollar, sorry, the US dollar's going up, yeah, the US dollar's going up quite strongly. I mean, if that was to reverse, you might see a bit of look at that eleven fifty in, in April, six seventy four today. Yeah, and as I always say, unfortunately, investors they they mistake buying something like a Northern Star to buying gold or hedging a portfolio in, in tough times. And yes. you could see if you bought this to hedge your portfolio this year, you'd, you'd made it even worse. Yep. Um, you just hedged yourself against making money. Um, so look, the, the gold price isn't doing anything. It's a gold stock, meaning it does whatever the gold price does, plus any other issues such as staffing issues, not turning up because of COVID, um, cost issues, inflationary pressures, supply chains, all these things affect Northern Star as a business. So that's and then a four-year low. This is yeah. meant to be the leading gold producer, is it? That's that's right. So and the I'm, premium gold producer. Until, it's a yeah, four-year low. Basically, to keep it simple, until the gold price um, gets moving, this isn't really going anywhere. It's just facing headwinds at the moment. So look, right. at some point that'll turn around. I just don't know when that is, and I'd rather not be losing money hand over fist yep. in something like this. Yeah, <laughs> I like that that phrase. You hedge yourself against making uh, money. Making money. Yeah, um, and you and you look at that, um, Mark. Well, I'm actually a shareholder in Northern Star, <laughs> and I have been for ten years, right? I'd say, maybe twelve years. Yeah. So it's done really well for me. I didn't even I didn't even know it had gone down this much. That right. shows you how much attention I pay to. Uh, it's not a major part of my portfolio, yeah. but. Northern Star has been a very good business. Now, what they've done in the last few years is added a lot of complexity. They've bought a lot of other businesses. They bought the Pogo one, which is a Alaskan uh, operation, and they bought the the Super Pit. They merged with uh, Saracen, wasn't it? Saracen. Saracen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, both good companies. Yep. Um, so management of um, well, management's changed with the merger a bit. So uh, the problem is, and I think part of the reason why the share price has gone down so much isn't because of the gold price. It's because they made a loss last year of eighty cents uh, per. Uh, share. So this is the first time 
that I can ever remember them making a loss. They've always yep. run the business really well and paid dividends yep. reliably. Yep. So their earnings have really dropped. At the same time, over that same period, sales, which is gold sales, that's revenue, have gone up not 16% with 90% stability. So their, their, their production and sales, even though production was down a bit, I had a look at this morning because yeah. yeah, I saw it on the list, um, they, they've got a massive amount of capital expenditure going on because they're, being, they're drilling in the super pier. They're doing right. a whole range of things which is burning cash. Right. Now, what it's doing is adding reserves and stuff for the future and so on. Um, so, look, I think I, I would have to say uh, it does not pass our filters. So it looks yep. dreadful on conscious yep. investor at the moment. Yep. But knowing what I know of the company in the past and so on and the fact that the share price is, I think it's more or less halved, isn't it? So, yep. um, Six, yeah, 11.59 down to six dollars seventy-seven at the moment, and their forward uh, guidance as far as what they're producing and so on is all very good. Yeah. I'd say it's a it's a it's a, a good buy based on that. Right. That's not betting on gold. I'm just assuming the gold stays the same. Right. Okay. So you've got would have it as well, a personally. Buy. Personally, no. Okay, all right. Be careful what I say here because I get in trouble. People say, you said that we should buy Northern Star. No, I right. said I didn't say that. Right. I said, if you want to have an exposure right. to uh, the gold sector, um, okay. I'd say this will leverage in your favour because it's come down so much and I think their prospects right. are, are good and the management's good and their their um, their, pro- their uh, okay. assets are good. But every, everyone says, uh, his, history tells us yeah. that uh, gold is a hedge against inflation. I was going to say, does history back that up? Well, if you look at the very, very long term, you can go back to the days of the Babylonians and so on, and what you used to buy for you know, equivalent gold is similar to today. Right. So you could argue that, yes, on the 2,000-year time frame, gold has absolutely been a good hedge for inflation. It has. Yeah. But in those periods, it's hundreds of years mm. where it has and it hasn't, and, and right. there's periods where it's done a lot better than um, inflation. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think on our time frames we can use gold as a hedge against inflation. Right. Plus, plus we have rising rates at the moment and gold doesn't give you anything. No. Yeah. Um, Except doesn't give you an income other, return. Yeah, no. that's that's right. So there's all these other variables. I think that yeah. that that's you know just just when you think gold's doing something uh, has some sort of relationship to something else, it then yeah. breaks down because of right. other other variables. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, recap the uh, final five stocks. Um, seek a no from both uh, Mark and Michael under twenty. $20 um, uh, market starting to get interested in it. Uh, Dicker, a hold from uh, Mark, a no from Michael. Uh, same with Net Wealth, a hold and a no. Fisher and Paykel Health, uh, a buy from Mark, it's a hold from Michael. And Northern Star is a no from Michael, a no from Team Invest. But a yes from Mark Morwen. Is that the way? Yeah, yeah, if I you I, if I, you want gold exposure, yeah, that's right. Just so I'm he not, doesn't I'm not buying get into trouble. You're, you're not going to buy. I'm not buying anymore. anymore of no, it. no, right. But I'm not. I'm I'm trying hard not to be a speculator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have a different time horizon yeah. Yeah, right. than lots of other mm. strategists. Mark Morwen from Team Invest. Always great to catch up. Good, good to see you. To see you. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. It's good to be back. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Good to see you, mate. Yeah. Thank you again. We did have Nadine, and she was nice. Oh, Nadine is much nicer than me, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, now, if you've got any stocks you'd uh, like me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, you can check out all the stocks in the Calls Fantasy Portfolio at ausbiz.co 
forward slash portfolio. That's it for the call. We'll see you at midday Eastern Standard Time tomorrow for another edition. In the meantime, a lot happening on Oddsbiz throughout the afternoon. Don't go away. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.